Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 60 of the 167 podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church with my good friend, media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? (laughs) It's going good. I've done that 60 times. (laughs) I don't know if you did it at at first. You've probably done it like 56 times. Okay. I don't know if you did it like the first three or four episodes. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't have to go back and listen. Yeah. And find out. But no, it's going well. It's going good, well. Good, good. Um, super excited. It's a busy week. And um, I'm, uh, yeah, it's we've got our journey weekend coming yeah, up yeah. this weekend. Super excited mm-hmm. about that. I love weeks like this. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, good stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm going up to Macon on Thursday, today, the day that this drops, um, meeting with some of the other. So <laughs> this is a cool aspect of who we are as the Porch Community Church. Upon our founding, we immediately became one of the 10 largest churches in our conference, in the South Georgia Conference. Wow. So I mean, um, I knew that, but wow. Yeah. So um, uh, the those of us in the top 10 group, will we have like ongoing conversation and like how are things going and praying for each other and everything. And so we're meeting to talk about kind of where things are with... Um, uh, general conference and the umc and all of that which i know we will devote a uh, next week's probably episode. <laughs> probably two episodes to very soon yeah um there's a group called um i'm kind of forget their name but it's the it's the group that decides if general conference will meet i can't remember their name Is that right jurisdictional now. no but it's like a group for general conference that determines uh. And um, they're meeting in February or March to determine if we will meet in 2022, if they will meet, um, and depending on what's going on in the world and with you know COVID and all that stuff. The Methodist world so, is going to lose their mind if they don't meet. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there's a lot to that. I don't want to, but I'm sure you will hear a listener about that more uh, coming down the road. So anyway, it's just one of those weeks where there's a lot going on, but it's... Things fun stuff. Ex- yeah, it's 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 good things. I mean, we yeah. all have the weeks where we wake up and we go, man, this week's going to be tough. And then I, I hope that we have the weeks where we wake up and go, man, this week's going to be good. And yeah. It, it might be a lot, but it'll be good. Well, sometimes the best weeks are the tough weeks, you know? And yeah, And yeah. by what I mean by that is, man, we got a lot going on. It's going to be tough to get it all done. But if it, it, mm-hmm. if it comes off... Right, half of how we're planning it, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Like Jesus is life weekend, or uh, like our yeah, yeah, yeah. So VBS, VBS, you, you know, like those big yeah. Easter, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like our group do. projects. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yep. So anyway, um, I'm doing good. How about you? Said you're doing great. Of course, you said yeah. yeah. So all right. Anything else? You no, throw in? I'm just I'm just ready for COVID to go away. Well. Cause I don't think it'll go away. I think I eventually it. it just it will have. I hope and pray that it will. I mean that it'll be how we look at the flu, I, or and not that that's fun either. But we're not you know shut down by it. I would love if we didn't have to quarantine because of it. Right. Like. Uh, yeah, because you still have. I still daycare have care, and yeah, I still have, have little to, kids, yeah, and, yeah. and there's all these like. I just I need that to stop. 
yeah well and i know with even the schools they've they've gotten more and more like have you been have you been vaccinated or not or just take five days or whatever and yeah or you don't have to, well, i don't even know the rules seem to change often yeah. but they're they're much different than they were last year so. yeah so i'm just i'm just exhausted with that yeah from I, it, i'm sure and honestly it's just from a child care standpoint yeah it doesn't really affect me as as, yeah. a, as an adult but it it affects me a lot as a parent and, yeah and i'm just done with it i think the biggest thing that has um that has kind of struck me with it all is that as much as we definitely see it as an inconvenience, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, and for those of us that have had to, you know, quarantine or stay home or miss things because we've had it or we thought we had symptoms of it or whatever, um, is, is keeping in mind that we know people who have lost someone. Oh, I mean, yeah. Directly to it. And I've, and I've had to, you know, kind of check how I, um, you know, I definitely don't want to make a light of it. No, no, no. And I'm not, I'm not saying you did either, yeah. but, um, I mean, I lost to my grandparents too. Right. And just for us to keep that in mind, um, that, yeah, we need to move on. And I, and the flu, I mean, the flu pandemic, what was in the early 1900s had a know, very, I wasn't, for it. <laughs> I wasn't either. Um, but had a very significant, I mean, like a mortality rate. Yeah. It did. Um, as well and so i'm sure that 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 was a very similar way to look at it that mm-hmm. we have yeah. so anyway um so we're going to jump into today's topic is that what we're ready to do yeah anything else we want to hit on oh yeah th- josh is a good hey you got it you th- you got it in your notes to give a shout out to somebody so I was like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, hey, I want to give a shout out because anytime someone tells us they listen to uh, the podcast, we want to let them know that we appreciate them. So shout out to Debbie Haskin, who happens to be the mother of Justin Haskin, who has been a faithful listener of since the podcast, day one, since I think. day one. And, and he's also, he's always very encouraging and, mm-hmm. and things about it. So I guess he was telling his mom about it. And um, she's recently moved back to Valdosta. Oh, she has okay. been here for a while. So she's been back at church. At, and um, so Sunday she was like, I have just started listening to the podcast. I started at the beginning. So I've been binge listening to it. So I don't know if she's quite to episode 60, but by the time you get here, Debbie, hello, and thank you for being a faithful listener. We appreciate you. So, All right, now. So yeah, so Sunday, um, we talked about, we concluded our Bible series, and uh, we talked about context Mm -hmm. and the importance of uh, reading scripture in context, understanding how to read in in context. I offered a couple of definitions of some words that I thought were important. Um, you may I share those definitions again, those words? Yeah, go ahead. So, so context... Especially if it's going to have correlation yeah, to yeah. our... So context is it's it's the parts of something written or spoken that immediately precede or follow a word or a passage that help give clarification to the meaning. So my example on Sunday was if you have three sentences, but the second sentence is really what you want to kind of lean in on lean in on that you got to make sure you at least read verse the the first sentence and the third sentence that surround it to get a a context Mm -hmm. and of course that goes out further than just a sentence that's just an example um and so with that what you'd say is that we don't we don't just open up our bible you know point our finger down where it lands read that one verse and go okay i totally understand what this is about Mm -hmm. that we need to read scripture in context and then following that, what what we do is if you if you start to pull verses like that out of context, mm-hmm. that we can very easily, and it's done, and I've done it, 
I know I have. Um, and, but there are things that we will proof text, meaning we will pull a text out to use it as an argument um, that often has really nothing to do with the actual context. So we talked, we went into that and talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I use this word exegesis, which uh, it's really, it's just the, I think we mentioned it here before, but it's, it's the critical interpretation of the text yes. so that we can get to the intended meaning. Mm-hmm. So we really spent some time doing some, some exegesis on Sunday, uh, walking through the pa- a passage in First Timothy chapter 2, which addresses uh, what Paul wrote about how it's been proof texted that people use that verse in, in verse 12 to say women cannot have authority or teach and be in the church. And so, and one of the things I pointed out, uh, Josh, was that I've talked about that and we've talked about this before in our podcast. Yep. Uh, I've talked about it in Bible studies, but I'd never addressed it on a Sunday morning. Okay. Um, so in a message. So, um, but I've got some really fantastic response to Sunday's message. Fantastic. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, been really good. No one, I hadn't heard anything. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Other than that, someone said they watched it. But yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, see, but that's good usually because no news is good news. So yeah. I'll just say. But anyway, um, but the whole idea of context is that it tells the whole story. So one of the things I said Sunday was there was I had so much information that I just could not present, or it's not you know it almost would get more almost like classroomish. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so I just kind of pulled that out of the message and said, all right, let's talk about it on the podcast. So we're going to, we are going to go deeper into kind of the background and some more exegesis on First Timothy 2, mm-hmm. um, verse 12. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to cover a few other verses. So, so this is really part two of your message. There's a little bit of part two, but mm-hmm. we're going to look at some other passages in scripture that have been taken out of context for sure. Um, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I, I guess you could, I don't know if they've been proof texted, like people have been like, see, look at this, but they've definitely been taken out of context. Mm-hmm. And so doing a little bit of exegesis, you know, understanding the meaning um, helps us with that. So I wanted to look at a few of those. So we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, and uh, Matthew eighteen twenty, And then we will come back around and look at that extra stuff I had from First Timothy chapter 2. Okie dokie. So it's so still kind of on this theme of context and biblical context. It's really important because what it does is reading in context, studying in context, to understand context, it helps to prevent us to have wrong interpretations of scripture. And and what that will lead into, and this is like a, a precursor to our upcoming series, is when you take scripture out of context, it leads to faulty theology or toxic theology very easily. Mm. Um, it can take you right there to to starting to present and to build a whole theology maybe based on scripture or passages of scripture that were not intended to mean that to begin with. Correct, yeah. I had someone come up to me um, Sunday after the message, <clears throat> and I don't have permission to say, I didn't ask, so I'm not going to say their name, but anyway super smart person, love them very much. They came up to me after the message and said, you know, years ago, they didn't live here, they lived somewhere else. Someone came up to them, and I don't know the scripture reference, but it's the one about handling snakes and whatnot. Yeah. And they were like, you know, this is this is what this is what I understand about snake handling. So it's, it's in the Bible. It's mm, right there. It is. And this person, I love this, and I'll probably use this line at some point. This person looked at them and said, oh, then you go to a one-verse church. 
And they were like, what? They were like, that's one verse in the Bible, and you're using it to build up your whole theology of your church. That's a one-verse church. Mm. And I was like, oh, snap. That Like, wow. Um, My family has ties to a snake-handling church. Really? Like, like great aunts and uncles were pastors of a snake-handling yeah. church. Did, I, I guess, was that more prominent in the South and whatnot? I don't know. I've I never done know. a... Well, might need to check I that mean, out. I didn't go. We might need to check out snake handling eventually um, as one of our topics. I'm Google. I'm doing some Googling right now. All right. So Josh is doing some research. That's the word you use, research. No, I'm Googling. No, Google and Wikipedia, that's research. Anyway, <laughs> well, while you're doing that, um, so we want to make sure that we don't, we don't take the Scripture out of context. We want to do all we can. We don't want to have confusion in reading God's Word. And so when we take a verse or a passage out of context, here's the deal. Josh, we can make scripture say just about anything we want it to if we if we look for the right verses. Oh yeah. And that's why everybody can back up their own yeah. opinions. Yeah. Like there I'm I mean I know it's been done. I'm sure it's been done. But someone could go and walk through the same passage that I walked through Sunday and go, this is why women can't preach. I'm sure it's happened. I mean, I'm sure. I know I'm, it's happened. I'm sure I've sat in that message. <laughs> so the point is, is that we need to read the Bible in context. We need to pay attention to the surrounding verses. And who those verses were written to is very, very important. Um, and so we just, if we if we ignore the context of Scripture, we will likely end up with a skewed view of the Bible. I, I really do think that. And a challenge of reading the Bible in context is that we need to acknowledge, and here's the thing, is that we don't like complexity, Josh, when it comes to faith. We don't mind doing a deep dive on rando stuff, but we don't like complexity when it comes to faith. Mm-mm. We want the sound bites. We want the easy stuff. We want the tweets. We want the posts. We want the memes. We want those things that we can put on Instagram and that fit into that on top of that image of the sunset over the lake like that's what we want you know we want the cross stitch stuff when it comes to describing our faith or what we believe in like those precious moment statues and all yeah (laughs) don't knock precious moments i'm just kidding i don't care anything about them (laughs) and don't mess with thomas kincaid either just kidding don't care about that either so tell us about snake handling okay so back to snake handling so it made it to the southeast in the 20s and 30s Uh but then it was outlawed in most states in the 40s Mm -hmm. Um, georgia actually made a it's if you're a pastor of a snake handling church and Mm -hmm. something dies you are you can receive the death penalty okay so good to know yeah (laughs) because apparently a seven-year-old was killed by a rattlesnake in one of the churches so they so the state was like, nope. If you're a pastor and someone dies under you, you're nope. you, can, you can be charged. Yeah. Murder and put to death. With your religious practices. Yep. That's ridiculous. So, um, still, it's still <clears throat> in the in the deep southeast in the holiness movement. Mm-hmm. So you will you will see it in Georgia and Florida mm-hmm. and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's maybe about the Appalachians. The I don't know. Yeah, West Virginia, West Virginia. Mountain uh, Mama. Yeah. Take me home. No. Country Road? No. Don't like John Denver. <gasps> I mean, I'm not a huge Don, but there's a couple that are just mm. like, I don't know, that's nostalgic. It's just like a soundtrack of my, my life. But uh, it it was an underground religious movement in the holiness church around in the 60s. Yeah. Where your oh, church was back around, yeah. So your church wasn't a, holy, a snake handling church, 
but it would be like a revival where they'd bring in people with snakes. Mm, okay. And it was traveling, so the authorities couldn't mm-hmm. put them down. Yeah. Maybe a defanged snake, but even so, no, no thank you. Then you don't have any faith. No thank you. <laughs> no thanks. Because the whole the whole thing is is uh, your mm-hmm. faith is strong enough for you to pick. You have to have strong enough faith to pick up a venomous snake, knowing it won't bite you. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. See, God gave us wisdom <laughs> and discernment, and those things are important. So, um, all right. So back to where we were. <laughs> but thank you for that background. Um, so, like I said, we don't like complexity when it comes to faith. And I know that's a, a, a sweeping statement to make, but I think by and large that that's pretty accurate, that we don't want, we will deep dive into um, the most random topics yeah. of things that interest us. But when it comes to faith, it's like, no, no, I just need to go, nope, there it is in the Bible, there it is, that one sentence, and I'm good, yep. and I understand it, and that's it. We'll debate for hours and hours yeah. on new earth versus older mature earth or yeah or something like a tv show or oh, yeah. or you know it i can't even i mean football i mean yeah comic books yeah, yeah. Of course. so we don't like complexity uh and i think we avoid it and we we, we go for the things that we can get you know like on the coffee mug and and we're good so here, here's our first example of of taking a scripture out of context and um yeah. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna upset some Tebow fans, <laughs> and I don't. I mean, it's 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 nice, but let's let's understand context. So Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or Christ who gives me strength. Um, and man, that is a that sounds like the verse. Like it, that just sounds like a down payment on all of our hopes and dreams, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, definitely like your sports dreams, but like your accomplishments, like career, like just life or go out and win that game, whatever it is. Here's the full context, see? And and some people might go, well, okay, it's it's like out of context, but still it's, it's really nice. And it's like, well, sure, but at what point do do we choose that sounds nice over what was the intent of, this, of the writing? Well, and then it kind of goes to... I can proof text the verses that are nice, but then when when uh-huh. it's not a nice verse, I go, well, oh, had, yeah, yeah. well, you got to look at the context which, around, right? Like, which is what I was slaves talking obey about. your masters. You yes. got to look at the context mm-hmm. in front and behind that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. and that's what we do Be- because the ones that we can cross stitch, we don't we don't need context <laughs> for. Yeah, because they don't ruffle. They don't the ruffle any feathers. Yeah, yeah. So here's the full context. Um, Paul is considered to be the one who wrote this um and he is saying that i mean it's pretty straightforward but he's saying that christ can strengthen us but he's not just like um anything you want to do you can do it like anything you set your mind to you just go for it it's not it's not that he with paul he was in prison at this time right he i don't know I was doing some reading on that, and I can't remember if he was in prison or if he had been. I mean, he was in several times. Yeah. So, um, but he, so he's talking about bearing up under terrible, painful. There was persecution going on, mm-hmm. tortuous circumstances, and like being imprisoned for your faith, just because you believe, you're thrown in jail. You know, and. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me is a fantastic promise, but I don't think any of us are willing to cash in on what Paul's talking about 
like yeah bring on bring on the stuff i mean i would i would hope that we would but like we take it out of context and and so many of us prefer that kind of simple post-worthy statement you know yeah um we had a mission when i was a kid we had a missionary come to our church one time and and he was preaching on this verse he's like it's more like i can bear all things for the cause of christ that's a great way to put that yeah and he's like that's kind of what that verse means yeah that all things i can do all things i mean if that doesn't speak to american christianity Mm -hmm. i don't know what does because he he you know the baptists talk a lot about the 1040 window yes so he was in like um give a little explanation so it's it's like i've been removed from it so long i don't want to say it wrong but um it's like this little block of geographic uh-huh. where christianity is basically illegal yeah to it's talk like about. north africa yes. asia it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a geographic geographical uh, area that basically christian mm-hmm. christianity is basically locked out of right and christianity persecution is yes. still very prevalent mm-hmm. and he's he said that this verse is like when someone puts a gun up to you and says renounce jesus mm. Yeah, That's or what, or your family's like we're not going. You're not going to be a part of this family anymore, right? If you claim we, Jesus, we will. And and there are families that mm-hmm. will make people legally dead. Yeah. On paper, because they've become Christians, yeah, it's, that's intense. And like that's where. So say say that statement again. That he how he worded it. That um, you remember. I can bear all things for the cause of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I can bear all things. Mm-hmm. Instead of I can do anything I want, yeah. I can do anything I set my mind to because I am because America, it, right? It's well, that's a whole another. Like, but it really that is yeah. like the American dream verse. It is. It is. Yeah. Sports athletes put it under their eyes, and no, nothing against the ones that do it. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just not what you're you're cross stitching a pillow. I don't think Paul was really thinking about winning a game. No, I, I don't think when. Jesus cares. <laughs> he doesn't. If. He doesn't. Someone wins a Super Bowl or not. He doesn't. And people are like, no, he does, because what if that quarterback loves Jesus, then they get to talk on a microphone for millions of people to... It's like, okay, but like... But there are people on both sides praying to Jesus for their team to win. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So... Maybe that's see. We need to keep a list of the things we say. This needs to be another episode. Is like, does Jesus care about sports? And to an, (laughs) I would, to an extent, probably. Jesus cares about the people who are playing, playing the, the sports. sports. Yeah. Like that, the people who are watching them. Yeah. Like, I would say that. Yeah. I mean. So that's not really. That was episode 60, 60A. <laughs> <laughs> so. Can't wait to get into that one. Yeah. So. Um, so we just. What we need to keep in mind is. Here's the deal. Context is complex. And so we don't need to avoid complexity just because it might be difficult. And um, I think that's just something for us to check ourselves on and go, have I been just kind of throwing verses onto thoughts and ideas and maybe my own dreams or whatever? And and um, again, it's not that God doesn't care about your thoughts or your dreams or whatever, but his, his purpose and everything is for, for Jesus, for you to know Jesus and for you to align your life with him. Mm-hmm. That's where the promise is. That's mm-hmm. where the hope is. So, all right. So, proof texting. So, that was kind of just a general like context. Um, here is, um, I don't know if I'd want to call this proof texting or not. Again, maybe a little bit, but it's definitely taking out of context. Um, but here's a reminder of what proof texting is. Usually, it's, what I see this one as is just flat wrong. 
<laughs> it's using that stripped down verse and taking it to a hold a point never intended. So Matthew eighteen twenty. What is Matthew eighteen twenty, Joshua? For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Yes. So what is this con? What is what is this usually about when we when we hear that or when we've said it? Because I have too. I know you probably have yeah. or thought it. So what is this in con? How is it usually used? Uh, when I don't want to go to church and I go to the oh. lake and my family is there and I say we're having and church on the them? lake. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I didn't even think about like the excuse to not be there. So, but like I've heard it like when a couple of people are standing around like, let's pray. Cause we're, there's two or two or three are gathered here. Here we go. Like Jesus is with us. I don't know why I did the accent. Cause people do it in the North too. So I'll tell you off air who you sounded like. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, but sometimes we use this verse for, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. Um, it's, it's used as like encouragement and prayer. Uh, definitely. That's a Bible study. That's a Bible study verse right there. Um, any kind of gathering. But if you read this verse in context, friends, you read the preceding verses in Matthew 18, Here's the full context of this message, okay? Jesus is actually giving instructions on what to do when you have conflict with a person. And he is saying, first, go to that person. And if they, if, if someone has done wrong and you go to them and you point it out and you do so in love and with humility and they accept what you've said then and they repent and or you know confess and then all is well if they don't respond to that then Jesus says okay you go to them with a few other people that's the two or three gathered in my name and so what Jesus is doing is he is telling he's instructing his disciples on i mean you could say this was church discipline or christian discipline or um um, understanding how to to live in in right relationship with one another, but Jesus is teaching the church that or the disciples that if um, if a few people within the church need to confront someone who is sinning, mm-hmm. he's giving them encouragement that he will be there with them. Like you're not going in your name, you're nope. going in my name. Yep. You're not going um, because you are perfect. You're not going to confront them because you've never done wrong. You're going to confront them for what is perceived to be the wrongdoing in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that changes that context completely of how we look at that. It is a passage on how to deal with conflict. It is not a blanket statement about God's presence wherever his followers get together. Is God it, present it, with two or three believers? Yes. Yeah. Is that is, the context of Matthew? But if I'm by myself, is he? Exactly. Is God not able to be present if we're alone? Of course, of course he's present. I mean, so. the Holy Spirit is anywhere and everywhere. Exactly. So, um, yes, God's present with two or three believers, but that's not the context of Matthew 18, 20. Mm. So, um, and then you add, so, so those are just uh, two other examples of taking scripture out of context. And here's what we talked about on Sunday. Um, And by the way, if you missed this message, it is the January 30th, the Bible week four message, which you can find on our podcast or on YouTube. Yep. um, Facebook. Facebook. Website. Yeah. So I put it places. So yeah, January 30th, the Bible week four is the message that we, that I'm going to kind of continue that conversation on. So first Timothy two twelve. it's, as I said, it's, 
the most frequently cited text used to restrict or prohibit women from ministry and leadership in the church. Um, there are one or two other verses, but this is the main one. And what Paul writes is, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Um, so here's a couple of things to know. Um, where in the Greek, uh, the word um, permit is epitrepo, epitrepo, and it means to permit or to allow. And when Paul says, I do not permit, um, he is saying, he's not saying I am, or sorry, I'm going to make sure I get this right. He is saying, I am not permitting, which is different than I am permanently banning. That's a different phrase, right? Yep. yep. Um, so epitrepo, the Greek verb that Paul uses when he says, I do not permit, there's not a single instance of the use of this verb in the Greek where it means a permanent ban. There's not a single time that that means when he says, I do not permit, that it means forever and for all time. It would be like you telling Adeline, I'm not permitting you to watch TV. mm -hmm. Does that mean you've just permanently banned her from watching TV for the rest of her life? No. It means for that day, that evening, whatever. Um, This is a verb that implies a ban for a specific period of time. And so in the case of 1 Timothy 2.12, it is... It would be until whatever problem Paul is writing about is remedied or whatever conditions are met. And he's talking about women. So it says for for these women. So Paul, now here's the thing. Paul could have said, if he meant for all time, he could have said, I will never permit women to teach. But he didn't say that. Yeah, I looked up the... Greek word for ban and forbid and mm-hmm. all that. I was mm-hmm. going to say it, but I can't. Epitrepo? That, yeah. No, 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 like the permanent one. Oh, the permanent word. Yeah, like yeah. the word. How do you spell for it? A-P-A-G-O-R-E-V-O. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know that either. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there is a word for a permanent ban. Yeah, there, and there's a the word same. for that, and it exactly. is completely different. Yeah, and he and, could have said, I will never permit that word that Josh just said. But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Sorry. Uh, did I cut you off? You were about to say something else? No, I was just going to say, in this word, what it has been written down at the time. It of, had been used. It had been yeah, used yeah. around the time of the Bible. Yeah. So they had both of these words and the use of this word mm-hmm. versus that word. Right. So so that kind of begins like kind of, um, I guess in, in many cases, w- the stuff we're going to walk through today is a further... Um, uh, walking through the scriptural and contextual um, aspects of why Paul did not mean this for once and for all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he talks about women in verse 12, when he says that they, he, I do not permit a woman, which happens to be singular. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Um, he didn't say all women, just a woman. So um, the, now, I talked about narrative when we talked about exegesis on Sunday, that yeah. we need to make sure that we understand what's the larger narrative going on. Um, 
instead of proof texting or taking out of context and proof texting and going, nope, no women ever, never, is what else was going on? What is the larger narrative? So first of all, you could look at the larger narrative of um, Paul's writings. You could look at the larger narrative of the New Testament in general, or you could even look at the largest narrative, which would be the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. But the the large the narrative says the exact opposite of I don't I would never let a woman a woman could never teach or have authority. Um, Paul himself includes and affirms women as leaders in ministry. Um, I mentioned this Sunday he talks about women apostles and evangelists and teachers in Acts eighteen. Uh, in Romans, uh, he has women deacons that work that he says they are partners in leadership or partners in ministry with me. Um, he talks about five different women, also in Romans 16 and in Philippians 3, and he describes them as leaders in the church. And um, that's just Paul's writings, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and then wasn't Paul battling like some women at a church that was basically bringing in witchcraft or something? Well, yeah, that, and that's, and that that's was going where, on here, yeah. especially in First Timothy. And even in Corinthians, there was a little Th- bit. That's right, it was Corinthians, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think that was 11 or 14, uh, chapter 11 or 14, I believe. Yeah. Um, or both. I mean, that was that writing. So mm-hmm. um, so against the weight of just Paul's narrative of his writings, uh, this one verse in Timothy is, is not supported by any others that forbid women from pastoral leadership for all time. Right. It, it, it doesn't show up so verse 12 says nothing about whether women can be pastors and preachers or not um and this will become clearer as we pull back from this one verse and we start to look at the immediate context because and i walk through this verse by verse in the message sunday so i encourage you to go and listen to it or watch it um but here's the deal just a quick overview um first of all he's he's taught there's quarreling men going on and and that's a that's a plural men in verse eight. Um, there was issues with that. Um, there were overdressed, uh, immodestly dressed, um, wealthy women plural in verses nine and ten that were bringing in like this how they were worshiping in the um, the temple to Artemis. They mm-hmm. were now bringing, yeah, bringing this that into in. the church. Um, and then <clears throat> excuse me in verse eleven and twelve there is a woman singular. And it could be woman and or wife who really just needed to settle down. I mean, the Greek word that Paul uses for woman is, it means it's translated as woman or wife and it's singular. And he says that in verses 11 and 12. So he switched from the plural to like plural women to now singular woman. He's calling somebody out. Yes. And, and then in verse 15, the Greek verb, for saved, where he talks about women will be cha- cha- saved <laughs> through childbearing, um, is that she will be saved and not, um, and that's the whole thing about praying to Artemis versus Jesus, and and there's a whole other side deal mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, uh, some people believing that if they were Christians that they should no longer engage in sexual activity, even with their spouse. And so he was like, no, that's not the deal. So <laughs> he was, I think that there were probably some dudes that were like, hey, listen, <laughs> we'll my wife's out. come to know to G- my wife's come to know Jesus and there's, <laughs> I need your help, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on. So, um, so uh, what was I going to, oh, so in, in verse 11 and 12, 
this is one of those, this may be what he was talking about, was that there was a, a woman, or it, you know, maybe more, but it's singular, that there was a woman who she needed to learn scripture. She was off base, and she needed to learn Christian doctrine, and she needed to chill out. Because apparently she was, she had a lot of influence. And she, well, and she had a loud voice. I didn't want to say that. Yeah, which I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> off recording, it makes me think. So not in our church. So I'm not talking about that. Uh, what is certain is that Paul is addressing a problem, a behavior, not just of women but of men. Um, to point that out. And, yeah, because in he's, verse 8, he's yeah. talking directly to men. And he's offering corrections, and it's almost like a list, a ticking, like a list of dudes, quit quarreling. Don't don't pray like you prayed for, to Artemis. Like, lift your hands high. Like, don't, you know, women don't dress like this. Don't say, you know, and be quiet and, mm-hmm. you know, all these. So it's like he's hitting this list of issues that he's writing to. So... Paul's overall theology of ministry was um, if you have a gift, use it. And and he doesn't exclude women from those kinds of general statements that he makes about ministry, including leadership and teaching ministries. And again, you see those in Romans 12, in 1 Corinthians 12, and in Ephesians 4. He's talking about the gifts of, of God's people not just restricted to men. And so he makes those kind of general statements, and then you find him using the singular and talking about one specific church in one instance. You can't compare those two. They're not the same. Right. They're not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, furthermore, and I know we've addressed this before in, in another podcast, but I think it's important to mention again, is that it's it's really important for us to note that that when we think about church meetings— as it might be translated sometimes, that is totally different than what, like, it's not a board meeting. It is the worship service, mm-hmm. you know. So, and in the first century, they're different from what you and I would, how we view church services today. And what we find is Paul is encouraging participation, again, in ministry, and he welcomes, you know, contributions during the church meetings spontaneous contributions like getting up and speaking and sharing and all those things we see that in first corinthians 14 and colossians 3 he did not prohibit gifted and orderly speech he only prohibited nuisance or unedifying speech and of course wrong teaching like no no we're not going to have like that blasphemy yeah right so the thing is and and this is and i think that's what this one lady right was so, like, teaching, like, a hybrid of Christianity and mm-hmm. Artemis is yeah, what yeah. is speculated. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, you know, some would even go into, and I mean, it's definitely like a Gnostic teaching, but it's like a, oh, there's more. Like, it's not just this. Let's add in sprinkles it's of not this. G- G- Jesus is great, but it can't be just him. Right, which is completely flies oh. in the face of what it is. So. Exactly. Um, a couple of other examples in First Corinthians, First Timothy two eight. Bes- yeah, uh, I'm losing my mind. So many verses. Paul did not silence or limit the ministries of capable, gifted people who were in line, who were in order, men um, or women. He didn't say that. That's not what he was saying in First Timothy two eighteen. In 1 Corinthians 14, 
That's the one we were other the other one we were talking about, Josh. I was thinking eleven or fourteen. Okay. Fourteen. Um or in, in any other verses in his letters. So when you look at verse twelve, it has nothing to say one way or the other about whether competent women can be pastors or preachers or any other kind of church leader or minister. Um there's just so much other larger narrative that says that is not what was being discussed, what he wrote. There's just so many different things to look at besides, well, that's what it says. So this is uh, something I briefly mentioned on Sunday, which is that we need to always remember who the Bible was written to. Our culture has made reading the Bible a very, like, me-centric, I-centric kind of thing. Oh, man. But all of the Bible, I mean, much of the Bible is written, first of all, with a we-centric thing. It's not an individual thing. There's two aspects I want to point out here. One is a lot of times we read text and we think it's talking about the individual when usually it's corporate. Yep. It's, it's talking about the church, the, mm-hmm. the people God loves. Secondly, um, when we, we take Scripture out of context, when we remove the we and we insert me often, when it's really a we text and we make it about me, yeah, that's taken in context. But the other thing we do is that we we read the Bible as if it's a personal letter addressed to me, and it's not. It's not. And I said that Sunday is remember the Bible was not written to you, but the Bible is for you. For you, yeah. It is for you. It is for you. It is for you to know God. It is for the edification of the churches to build us up. Is for us to know God. Um, so the when we read the Bible as if it's to us, then then what we do, here's what we do without even realizing it, Josh, is we take we ignore the context and we miss the original meaning. If we look at a verse like First um, Timothy chapter two verse twelve and go, okay, this is to me in 2022. And it was written in context, and we've got to remember that. Um, so the Bible has something for you, but it's not written to you. Uh, I guess I'll just say this to kind of wrap up this episode. Um, the point, if you haven't picked up on it already, <laughs> is that we need to read the Bible in context. We, we do. We need to pay attention to the surrounding verses and who those verses were written to. Um in, in other words, the, the verses around the verse you are reading will tell you so much about mm-hmm. the verse you're reading. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't like complexity, then that's going to be difficult for you, but it's worth it. I mean, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to know God's Word. We don't want to ignore context because and end up with a skewed view of the Bible or of God's people or of the church. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so take a higher aerial view before you zoom in and look at the details. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's always important because we cannot, we cannot completely understand a particular part of Scripture until we understand the larger narrative, the whole. Correct. Um, so, And it's almost like, and also to put on that point is like, you know how pastors, uh, you and Justin do a lot better job of, using the context around verses mm-hmm. in, in your readings. But then some people will just take the verse that they're preaching on and they won't go back and read any context. Like mm-hmm. They won't actually go read the Bible that the guy preached on. Mm. Right, and, and that's something you hear me say a lot. And is, that's probably what 
we are most guilty of yep. is taking um, the message and not digging in any deeper for mm-hmm. ourselves. Yep. Yep. And and reading into the context of what you were preaching on. For sure. And that and that's probably our biggest shortchange as uh, churchgoers. Mm-hmm. I think that's and and I think that's really important to note because I don't ever want to preach on a a verse, give a sermon on a verse um, that I have not done my work on mm-hmm. and looked at the context and understood the historical background and the uh, the cultural narrative and and all those different things that are important um, yeah. to look at corresponding verses and things. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like I I don't think I've ever I don't think you've ever just used one well, verse. Well, and I have before. But I not have. but not talk referencing stuff that surrounds it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also always encourage people to go read it. Yes. But I, I'll say this like our um our series that we're going to have during Lent um it, which is called whatever, whatever whatever with an exclamation mark but it's um it's looking at uh one verse that or i guess it's a couple of verses um but i'm looking to see where my notes are on uh on that because i don't want to lose it oh it's right here in front of my head oh goodness i'm so weird but yeah um it's in uh Philippians chapter four, and it's you know whatever is true, you know whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is excellent, practice and teach these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one verse. Yep. But we're definitely going to preach to it out of, from context, mm-hmm. um, as Paul is writing that to the church. So we that's just something that's really really important. And so as a as a person who listens to sermons and messages and teachings check out the context um go and back and do the study even if you know i, I it's we should do that that mm-hmm. should we should do that kind of work so because context is complex but context is important yep so yep and 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 then you have those pastors that go the the verse of today is jesus wept now let's dig into that <laughs> what, what does that tell us about jesus and he, they he wept and they won't go any farther <laughs> they won't use any scripture other than that to build out their three-point sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you're not that. Well, m- me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Context is important. Well, Porch Community, thanks for hanging with us today. I hope that uh, you learned something today and that that will be of benefit to you in your walk in the 167 hours of your week. Yep. Away from church. Yep. So we love you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Josh, thank you as always. Of course. Thank All you, right. Shannon. All right. We'll see you guys later. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.